Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. In today's episode, I'm going to share a couple personal tidbits, a couple personal perspectives that I have rumbling around my mind. And since I've talked about some of it out in public, I thought I'd share that with you. But before I go there, I want to talk about what we're really going to talk about in today's episode. And that is perceptual frames. Ideas and fallacies that we adopt along the way as part of being human that other people kind of give to us. We adopt them, we accept them, and sometimes we just pick them up uh, as a matter of course. But these perceptual frames actually distort our experience of reality. Some of them may seem self-evident, but once I say them, once I mention them, you can ascertain for yourself whether or not you are plagued by this perceptual blind spot. That's coming up in just a moment. Last week, I talked about the shift in consciousness, the shift, the coming shift. I guess the shift has been occurring for the last 20 years, and it's actually ramping up. And uh, we're going to have changes just around the corner. And I did promise that this week I was going to release an episode where I talk about the different symptoms, different characteristics, different experiences that you're going to have as you shift into a new level of awareness as well as the upgrade of your mechanism as you learn to move more energy. That will be the next episode I release. Now, if you've been listening to the Aligned Self podcast for a length of time this year, starting back in February, I began investigating on a deeper level subpersonalities with the intention of writing a book. It's going to be a workbook that you can actually go through on your own. But at the moment, I'm sitting on the fence whether or not I'm going to publish that this fall or late fall, like in November, or will it be after the first year? You see, as anything, as we investigate different levels, we become aware of not so much what we know, but so much that we don't yet know or areas that we'd like to investigate. One of the conundrums that I've come up against it in working with people one-on-one I can zero in on a subpersonality and almost immediately begin shifting it through language and different aspects of hypnotic communication, which is fine when I'm working with people one-on-one, but it presents a problem or a challenge for me on how to translate that into a skill that you can utilize inside of a workbook. How can and could you make the same changes uh, without my presence? The other interesting thing that came up is that one of my clients revealed to me that one of the biggest shifts came from working with a subpersonality that um, I called up to the surface. You see, in working together, we had come to a point where she felt at the time we'd basically done all we were going to do or all we could do. But I remembered her mentioning something about her past in the initial interview that we had not yet broached. And so I said, next time we get together, we're going to work on this subpersonality. Now, what I was aware of is that if I was not present, she would not have investigated. It would have been one of those areas that she would have relegated again to the shadows. 
left to her own devices, chances are she would not have worked with that subpersonality directly. How important was it? Well, she just left a message on my phone talking about how dramatically working with that subpersonality has opened up her life, opened up her communication, and provided her with a new sense of freedom that she'd not previously experienced. From my perspective, that was a big deal. And so this is my thinking. I'm, you know, I, I think about this stuff all the time. My thinking is, how can I create a questioning process or a way of you looking at those places that you do not want to look, that you are reluctant to look at, that you tend to push aside? Uh, these are the shadow aspects, but these are shadow subpersonalities. But by their very nature, we tend not to engage with them. We, we don't even like to talk about them, think about them. So that's my conundrum at the moment. And I'm working that out. But right now, I'm still, I still have case studies open. I have probably three or four spots left. If you want to engage with me on a one-to-one -one basis, where we'll work with your subpersonalities, those are open to me. If you are interested in exploring that, send me a message at support at daynovi.com. That's support at daynovi.com. If you're not yet sure what a subpersonality is, go back to episode 219, and I also think 245, and there's a thorough explanation of subpersonalities there. And since I brought it up, I will mention in the show notes all the different episodes that I talk about subpersonalities so you can ascertain for yourself whether or not it would be a significant shift or transformation for you to work with me one-on-one -on -one with your subpersonalities. Now, I should always say that there is an investment on your part to be involved with me, but it's much, much less than I normally charge. So that was item number one that I was going to disclose about myself, things that were rumbling around in my head. The other thing is that in my own preparation for, I guess, the, the shift in energy, my wife and I are engaging in a fast. I have begun intermittent fasting to clean up my system, to reactivate my immune system, to there's just a host of benefits involved in fasting. And so if you want to learn more about that and more about my process, because I'll probably, my goal is to fast from 72 hours to five days. So 72 hours is three days, three to five days fasting just water. If you want to follow this process with me, I am going to vlog about it, vlog video, video diary about it, and I'll be posting it to my YouTube channel. Over the years, I've practiced a fast about a half a dozen times, and it's usually been in preparation for a shift in energy, just cleaning up the mechanism. So let's talk about the topic that I was going to share in this episode. I got all that, that personal business out of the way, personal thoughts. And so if you think you're alone, sometimes people think they're alone. I used to think I was alone. Well, if you think you're alone, you're not. There's thousands of listeners that listen to this podcast. These are kindred spirits. We're all in the same conversation. There are other people on the planet. They say there's over 7 billion people on the planet. There's, you're not alone. You're really not alone. There are other people that think like you, that are kindred spirits, that are aligned in many ways with the thoughts and ideas that you want to find out more about. 
And then also on a spiritual level, if you think you're alone, you're disconnected from all that is. Once you connect to source, you will never, ever feel alone. Another perceptual frame that we take on is that someone is better than you. The comparison and contrast. Well, if you think someone is better than you, they're not. They're just different. Begin thinking of people as just different from you. Each and every person's on the cutting edge of their own discovery. You're on your path, they're on their path. You may be at different places along the path. But when we compare ourselves to other people, we always, seemingly always, overestimate their ability, their capability, and we downplay our own gifts. So if you think someone is better than you, they're not. They're just different. Now let's contrast that to the opposite. If you think you're better than other people, more evolved, smarter, more capable, well, you're not. You're just different. In certain categories, in certain circumstances, you might prevail. But by and large, when you compare yourself to somebody else, we are no better than anybody else. Each and every person is on the cutting edge of their own discoveries. We're all one on the spiritual level. Sometimes when people show up in my workshops, they'll stop me and say, I already know this. You're not telling me anything new. And I always ask them, are you sure? You see, whenever someone shows up, we're usually always in the listening of either having our thoughts and beliefs confirmed or we're open to learning something new, something we don't know. You see, far too many of us show up to have our own beliefs confirmed by the information. That is the confirmation bias. And so if you think you know everything about a subject, chances are you don't. You just haven't yet asked the right questions. You see, at the beginning of this, I thought I knew everything I needed to know about subpersonalities because I've been working with subpersonalities for years. But as I've dove deeper into subpersonalities and actually began looking at what I do not know, I realized I have new questions, new ideas, new areas that I would like to explore. It reminded me, all you know is all you know. And what you don't know, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know it. And so if you're living in the idea that you pretty much know all you need to know about a particular topic, approach it as a beginner. Approach it with a beginner's mind. The other thing is if you think you're always right, you're not. Now, most people will say, I know I'm not always right. I'm mostly right. I'm usually right. In your private, intimate relationships, if you have conversations centered around who's right, who's, the, who's got the right point of view, then you are doing yourself a disservice. You have a perspective. You have an opinion. You have an idea to really honor the other person in the relationship. Ask them a deeper question. Find out their perspective. Their perspective is just as valid as yours. You see, typically when we're sourced from the idea that I'm usually right or I'm right, I have to prove myself right. It comes from a place of insecurity. 
somewhere along the way in your past, and this is usually a sub-personality that pops up, somewhere in your past, you were proven wrong. Something that you thought you knew, someone embarrassed you in some way, shape, or fashion. Or they might have said at some point, you're stupid. And so today, as an adult, you overcompensate and you have to prove that you're right in order to appease your ego. Well, adopting this position that someone is always right or wrong distorts reality. What's another one? Sometimes people inflict um, self-loathing on themselves because they think they could be, should be better than they are. But I want you to think of it this way. The circumstances do not rest on how good you are today. It ultimately depends on how good you're committed to be. Let me say that again. Ultimately, it relies on how committed you are to be better than you are today. See, it's the growth mindset. A lot of people look at their past behavior, they look at their current circumstances, and they know they could be, should be, could know better. But my friend, you are a work in progress. You are a work of art. You're not yet finished. And so, how good do you want to be? How good are you committed to be? That's more important than how good you are today. Another idea is that people are very invested in the facts. What's happening right now? What are, what's reality? I tend to be very optimistic and have been most of my life. And many people have said that I am unrealistic, that I'm not dealing with the facts of the matter. Well, I just choose to look at the facts in a way that serves me. Whether you're pessimistic or optimistic, either way you're skewing reality in a way that serves your current knowing. Just the facts are just the facts. There's no emotional content involved. So ultimately, it's not important what's happening right now. What is important is how are you responding? See, our ultimate freedom is that we can always choose our response. But if we acquiesce that and we play the victim, look at what's happening. Look at how I'm impacted. Look at what I've lost. That is one response. And that's going to guide you towards a certain experience of life. When you look at how does this serve me, what does this now make possible? That opens up possibility. You see, trauma, when we've experienced in the past, well, there are events, there are certain events that most people would look at and say, that's traumatic. Yet other people have gone through that quote-unquote traumatic event and walked away unscathed. They chose to see it in a different way. And there are seemingly insignificant events that people encounter, and those are traumatic because people make that mean something about them, that they're insufficient, or they're not lovable, or a a whole host of other assumptions. And so it's not important what's happening. Ultimately, what's important is how are you choosing to respond? Another angle to this, when we look at the past, What has happened is not important. What you made it mean about you is important. See, what happens is of no consequence, really. It's how we choose to perceive it. Again, this is our choosing our response. 
but it is the story that we're telling about the past and how it affected us and how it continues to affect us today that really gives that past event any power. Because ultimately, once something happens, it's over, it's done, it's finito, it's in the past. I can't tell you how many times I've fallen and skinned my knee, but I have forgotten the pain of all that. I know that I have fallen and skinned my knees. In fact, I can remember some of the scrapes, the bleeding coming off my knees. But the pain, I'm completely disassociated from it. it it's in the past. Today, I'm perfectly fine. Another perceptual frame that is uh, debilitating, and that is the idea that you can be stuck. Like you're stuck. You're not moving forward. You're not moving backward. You just feel stuck. Well, you're not stuck. You're just choosing not to take action. You're choosing not to move in a new direction. All it takes is leaning in the direction of where you want to fall. Usually we feel stuck when we have this idea that we should know what the next step is. We should know, or we could know, but we don't. We don't know what the most appropriate next move is. And then we feel stuck. But the next appropriate move is getting curious about what is next. Wondering, what is next? I wonder what the next step is. I wonder what's coming up. I wonder what's around the corner. I have no idea. But we know, see, the perceptual position we're taking is that something is around the corner. There's something good happening for us, something occurring that we're not yet aware of. And so this idea of being stuck is just a perceptual position that you adopt. It's not true. It could be that when you entertain doing something new, something different, you don't like the choices, but that doesn't mean that you're stuck. It just means that you don't like the choices that are in front of you. So again, you can adopt an inquiry. You can be in the questioning, are there any alternative options that I can create? Once we start getting creative about it and entertaining new possibilities, we open up many, many more options that we can first see from where we are. The next one is really close to this, and it's the idea that if you think you're lost, you're not. You're just bewildered. You're not lost. We all know where you are. We can see you. We can see you. You're not lost. If you really think about it, you can consider a destination at which you would like to arrive, a circumstance, an event. Once we decide on what that might be, we start plotting a course from where we currently are to where we want to end up. And we may not know what the next step is, but just like feeling stuck, we just lean in the direction. We ask a deeper question. We look it up on Google. If I did know, what might be the steps to move forward? The last perceptual filter that I'd like you to consider, if you think you're listening to wisdom, you are. You absolutely are. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 